I encourage everyone to try to find ways to really have a good sense of what's going on and make that communication available 24-7. And so that nothing gets swept under the rug or forgotten because your people are simultaneously the most expensive and the most powerful and valuable thing an organization typically has. So why not? Why not empower them to make things even better than they already are? As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr., Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I have the distinct pleasure today to be with Carolyn Peer, CEO and co-founder of Humaxa, award-winning HCM industry leader, and a friend of the Talent Magnet Institute, and also a partner with their platform and ours. So Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Carolyn, you and I met through an HR community over 12 months ago now, I believe. And one of the things that we connected on was your work of helping build top performing cultures, your work of leveraging AI, leveraging technology and all things good that humans put into a system that also helps us as a tool to be more effective humans leaders, managers, team members. And I wanted to ask you to share a little bit about Humaxa with our listening audience so that they can either say, wow, I don't use a tool like that. I would love to learn about this or, oh, that's similar to the technology I use to build that connection here as we jump into our discussions. Right. I would be happy to share. So I got my start at a very early stage HR tech startup. And we grew the company and eventually it was acquired by one of the largest HRS providers in the world. And during those 14, 15, 16 years, I listened to what our clients were asking us to do with data. And at the time, we really just couldn't do it. They were asking us to really predict and prevent employee and workforce issues before they happened. And it was right around the time when data and focused on predictive analytics, especially in the human capital management industry, was just starting to become a thing. And so we tried to do that a little bit internally within the large HRIS organization. And it was just really hard to innovate at the rate that it needed to happen within this huge 60,000-person organization. So I left, and I was fortunate enough to talk a couple of colleagues into joining me in founding Humaxa. And that was really where we started was, how can we take all this data that's being generated out of the human capital management systems that are in place and use that to not just prevent problems, but to empower employees and the workforce itself. And we very quickly figured out that, especially I think around that time, there was a lot of bad press going on with sort of analytics companies. And so 
we just took a giant step back and said, well, what if we approach this differently? What if we've created this fun, interactive, helpful assistant like Siri or like Alexa that will talk, but will talk specifically about the workplace and gather information, gather data anonymously through these conversations, but then immediately offer up a solution to the person who's talking to the assistant to make it meaningful for them too. So, I mean, the other extreme would be just, you know, completing a survey, right? It's good for the employer. The employer gets lots of data. For the employee, they spend time doing it and not really sure if they're going to get something out of it. And especially not right away. Maybe in, you know, months later, they'll see some change, you know, take place. But we looked at it and said, hey, what if we took that time from when a person provides feedback to when something happens and take that down to zero? What would that mean? And that's kind of how we got started. That's incredible. And the technology, so you're basically, you said an assistant, you're putting in a individual who gets to know the users, who does max learn strengths and weaknesses of individuals and where they need to be investing their time to grow as leaders? It does. And to be clear, it's not a person, it's just a machine, but there's actually an advantage to having a machine do that. It will figure out over time, oh, Carolyn is really interested in data science and she's good at analytics, but really probably could use some help with communication skills and maybe negotiation practice or something along that line. It takes some time to figure that out. And again, it's through conversation that eventually it will get better and better at making these recommendations. But a lot of the research that we did before building anything was looking at how willing people would be to communicate with a computer. I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. Mm. And a lot of the research that we looked at came out of a study that was done out of the University of Southern California, looking at service members coming back to the United States from being overseas and uh, suffering from PTSD. And they had done a study where they took, I think it was three, about 300 people They divided them up into two groups and one group were told they were going to talk with a person through the computer and the other group, they were told they were going to talk with a machine also through the computer. And then in both cases, it would try to take immediate action to help them. And what they found was the group that thought they were talking to just a machine was they were much more open, honest and willing to share kind of the things they were uncomfortable talking about with a person, even though the person couldn't see who they were. And of course, they asked why. And most often, the answer was, well, I didn't feel judged. It was a safe way to tell how I really felt. And so we kind of took that concept and said, well, what if we could do that at work? How could that empower both the employee and the employer? Yeah. So not judged and they didn't have to question, can I trust the person if it is technology? How do you see teams maximizing the benefit of leveraging a tool like Humaxa inside their organization? You know, does it speed up rate of feedback? Does it, you know, you mentioned it it gets rid of the time in between Mm -hmm. input, you know, an employee giving an input and a reaction taking place. What are the benefits that you've heard from your members and your community? Well, probably the number one benefit that 
that I hear about is that if there is something that's just starting to bubble up to the surface, something that isn't quite right, usually not intentional. It's just an oversight. For example, we had one of our clients who had rolled out an emerging leaders program and very good. Their heart was in the right place. I think the sort of the actual rollout and the publicizing the program itself kind of fell under the radar. And all of a sudden, people started hearing about it. They didn't know what it was, how you could apply, what were the requirements, why was this person chosen and not me? You know, there's all this, and it all happened like that. It happened in just a few hours. It bubbled up. And of course, with remote workforce, it's much, you know, it's much more cumbersome to go just poke on someone's door like, hey, did you hear about this? Do you know what's going on? Instead, people were isolated. They were working from home, didn't really know how to handle it. And so they talked to Max. Hey, Max, what's this emerging leaders program? You know, why isn't this publicized more broadly? How do I get involved, et cetera? And it, because Max is always there, always on 24 7, 365, it's not like a person that (laughs) gets tired or it's just always there. You know, it kind of blew up. And so in this case, the client wanted to right away just nip it in the bud and say, hey, we have this SharePoint site that has all this information on it. Can we just have Max point people to that whenever that's something that's something that comes up? And we were able to do that in less than one day. Mm. So at the very first inkling of something, maybe not going quite the right direction, we were able to nip it in the bud, get people going to the right place. And you know, everything was copacetic. If it hadn't been that way, you can imagine there probably would have been a certain percentage of the population that would have felt slighted and maybe would have left or just stayed and been disengaged, actively disengaged, maybe looking for their next, you know, new opportunity or just not really feeling like the company valued them. So I think it, you know, in some ways, Max acts as an early warning system. Whether it, I mean, that was one particular case, but it could have been, you know, people feeling like that they weren't being treated fairly at work or just finding the right career path. Or maybe their manager's just so busy that they haven't been able to spend the amount of time that each individual employee needed to be able to really chart out the right career when they needed it to happen. So I think in some ways, Max just kind of fills in some of those gaps. So as we all know, those of us that are, listening, (laughs) have things happen in our organizations that we find out weeks, if not months after they take place, Mm -hmm. right? And Carolyn, what you're sharing is that if there's a tool that you're leveraging inside your organization that can spotlight what questions your employees have or what questions and thoughts your employees are going through to give you insights on what needs to take place, what gaps may be created in communications, because we all know no matter how hard we (laughs) try, there are gaps in communications. You know, we might look at every little detail in our own mind, but leave out a very important detail to someone else, right? And we're constantly trying to shrink that down and Max being a tool to do that. Also, do you preload information around education, employee development, information about your, an organization when they come on board? What does that look like? What type of information can Max direct you to? So ideally, we'd have you know, a solution for every single possible problem or circumstance that comes up within the workforce. 
that's our goal. Obviously, we don't have everything (laughs) and nor do we want to be experts in everything, which is part of why we're hoping for building partnerships like we are with Talent Magnet Institute, because you are experts in leadership development and a whole slew of other things. And then there's other organizations that are experts in financial wellness at work or health and wellness at work and so forth and so on. So right now, there's a number of different things that Max will be able to offer up based on what it predicts would be a good solution for the circumstance. Like if someone is saying, hey, I really like my job, but I'm very technical and I work in finance and I'd really like to see maybe what it's like to work in software development. And Max can recognize that and go find someone specifically who's signed up to take on mentees or help people job shadow. What's it like to be a software developer? Max can do that already. But what we'd like to do is have just a myriad of different solutions so that it can be highly targeted depending on what each individual person needs and wants at that particular time. So that's what we're, we're hoping to be able and to do with you. <laughs> we look very much look forward to that being a key part of providing resources to the fingertips of teams, of organizations, yes. real time. Any work that takes place inside of one-to-one meetings, are there resources to gain feedback on how to have more effective communications with my direct employees and team and boss? Also, anything regarding goal setting that you have found to provide value to your members? Yes, absolutely. So I think it's actually two separate things. One is from a one-to-one manager team perspective. Because Max is always there, the conversations are always anonymous by default, then there's constantly data that's being gathered. And because Max is tracking those conversations in all these different dimensions, if something's going along, it's pretty good and all of a sudden takes a big dive. Like let's say it's diversity and inclusion. It will alert the manager, hey, heads up, this is something you probably want to address with your whole team. It's something that the data was going along okay and it you know took a dive. So then the manager doesn't need to know why or who said something. All they need to know is this is an issue that needs to get addressed and they can address it more broadly. And then if there's one particular person who it's really affecting, maybe that would be a way to kind of open the door up and start that conversation. But even if that doesn't happen, the manager is still aware that that's something that's not quite going right. The other thing the manager can do, and this kind of goes into your second part of the question is, if somebody talks to Max and says something that's particularly concerning, the manager or the leadership of the organization can filter that feedback so that the most concerning, most negative and strongest is shown at the top. And then if desired, that manager or that leader can go in and use Max to have a live anonymous conversation with the person to really understand what they meant. For example, if someone says, gosh, you know, I think only men get promoted around here or something like that, even though it may not be true at all, but maybe that's just their their perception of it, then their manager or a leader could go and say, hey, I'm really sorry that you feel this way. We've had a lot of uh, promotions that have happened to, you know, to women too. And 
we'd lo- love to get your input on how could we publicize that. But have, you know, maybe we should have a uh, promotions of the month where we highlight all the women who have been promoted and the accomplishments that they've had over the past six months, year, whatever, to, to help get them into that position to be kind of like more obvious role models. Having being able to have those live anonymous conversations with employees based on how they feel is a way to really get into the root cause, not just how they feel, but why. Carolyn, one of our goals at the Talent Magnet Institute and through all of our leadership platform, our leadership basics, our becoming a talent magnet learning journeys is to help employees feel better heard, valued, and understood, right? So any tool, any technology, any resource, any coaching, any training that one can utilize to provide a outlet, another place for an employee to voice a concern, a perspective, a thought, an idea is something that we advocate for. So to those listening, we have used Humaxa inside of our communication channels and engaged with Max in many different ways and learning the tool and seeing what happens if and how to trigger and create certain conversations. And again, Carolyn, we're Very excited to be one more resource inside your platform that individuals will get directed to when and if conversations come up that align to certain topical areas that we cover. Is there a certain size and scale of company that you see that should leverage a tool like this? So initially, most of the organizations that we're working with are on the small to medium size frame will say between 50 and 250 employees each. However, just in the last few months, we've started to feel a lot more pull up market with large organizations. I do think that the pandemic and the sort of transitioning from completely working at home to partially working at home to maybe coming back in the office has really sort of highlighted the need to have these kind of open communication channels. And it never ceases to amaze me that we get the best suggestions from our clients themselves. And that kind of has changed as we've gone to being very small and medium-sized business to some larger ones gaining interest. For example, just something like that would would have been really easy to do in a small office with maybe 10, 20 people, even such a small group when they're spread out across a very large geography and not ever seeing each other in person, yeah. all of a sudden that becomes a lot more difficult to really, really have a good handle of what's what's going on and what people need and want. Carolyn, when teams onboard into the tool, is there a management dashboard that keeps track of sentiment? I don't know, employee net promoter, any type of scoring rubric that compares me to my peers, anything like that? Yes, you can take all the data that's in the system and slice and dice it however you'd like. And we see different organizations use that differently. For example, some want to look at it geographically. You know, what are the people on the West Coast saying versus the Midwest versus the East Coast or the South? And some people really want to look at it by role. What are the engineering groups saying versus the sales and marketing groups versus the support organizations. I mean, it can really be done in any combination thereof based on what people are interested in seeing. And it's always interesting to see what insights people come away with. For example, there's one organization we were working with that had gone through several merger and acquisitions. They're still fairly small, but they had gone through several 
mergers. And what they thought they were going to see was that by geography, for example, the Sacramento people were not talking to the San Diego people and the San Diego people were not talking to the Austin, Texas people. And that's not what they found. What they found was the company they were with when they got acquired was how they were really divided up. So the people who were acquired, who were originally part of this organization didn't talk to the people, <laughs> even wow. if they were in the same place, the same yeah. office, because they had come merged from two different companies. And of course, once they understood that, then they could act upon that and sort of break down some of those silos. That's incredible. Is there a ability to organize teams? Can you put your sales team, your marketing team, your supply chain team, or cross-functional project teams based on who's serving a customer? Can you organize that way as well? It can be organized however an organization wants to have it set up. The only caveat I would say was if you have too many sort of matrixed teams, it can get confusing. Okay. But so long as there's at least eight people in a group, then the data is anonymized and you can look at the detailed analysis for just that team. Carolyn, going back to the inspiration that you saw in a very large, complex organization, the gaps that you saw that drove you with your background in cognitive neuroscience and instructional technology, I mean, what did you see and what really prompted you to say, you know what, I think I'm going to go create something? So it was kind of a, a snowball effect. You know, it built up over years and years of hearing about wanting some way to predict these problems with HR data. But I think what finally hit me was when we ourselves were administering employee engagement surveys. And I was a part of that team that had to not just administer surveys to my own teams, but to make sure that, you know, across the organization, nationally and internationally, that we had as many as we could. The time that it took to get everybody on board with would start, okay, we're going to give everybody two weeks to fill out the survey. And two weeks would go by. And sure enough, you know, maybe 30% of people would have filled it out. So then we'd start putting incentives in place to try to get people to, to fill it out. And we get up to 45%. And then we'd extend the deadline again. And then we'd all come together and try to, how can we get up to 70%? Okay, we'll extend the deadline again. And this it would go on and on and on. And finally, we'd close it down. We'd get as close as we could to you know maybe 90% participation, which felt like just absolutely pulling teeth. And then as an organization, we'd set up meetings to discuss the results weeks later. And then we, when we did that, then we just set up more meetings to figure out how are we going to present this data back out to the organization. And then we'd set up meetings to actually present the organizational data. And then we'd set up more meetings to talk about our action plans. And then we'd set up more meetings to actually do the action. I mean, it, it, yeah. six months would go by and people would forget even why we were there. Like, oh yeah, we have to do that again? You know, people would forget what we were focused on. And as we know, especially in the days of, of COVID, you know, six months, everything can change. <laughs> the process itself was so slow. And I thought, you know, this is, this is it. There has to be a way to make this instantaneously meaningful for the workforce that actually benefits the company too, can make mm -hmm. it a win-win. Yeah. One of the things that we see and hear about from both the employee side, as well as the HR and leadership teams, like mm -hmm. what you're hitting on is by, by the time I 
design the solution to ask for the data, then communicate out that we're seeking information and insights, Mm -hmm. and then people take the time to provide it. And then you remind them that we still need you to provide it. And then you remind them again that this is a priority. There's people all along that journey who are providing insights that are very valuable that organizations don't really even have the opportunity to dig into what can be sometimes months after the feedback was provided. And that individual upstream who provided something very important early, that's still a priority to her or him, right? And they provide the insights, are kind of looking around, waiting for the feedback Mm -hmm. to be heard, waiting to Mm -hmm. receive confirmation or validation that, okay, we we took your (laughs) feedback. And what we find, Carolyn, so often, and one of the reasons why uh, we've identified the tools and resources that we've designed is that you really need to be able to deploy more immediate solutions, right? Because everything you just shared the, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on with process, with multiple inputs. And meanwhile, the team is like, I just wish they would ask me, or I just wish I had a place to share. And then back to, I love the the reason why we're partnering together is how do you real time provide solutions? Yeah. Like this is what you asked about. Right. One, you can trigger communications up the organization to find out things quicker. You know, your employees have most of the answers, right? Mm -hmm. They just Mm -hmm. need to be asked. I mean, they're the ones interacting with your customers, with your consumers the most, with each other the most. And we just need to hear faster, respond quicker, be more efficient, more effective, and validate that we are listening. So to those listening, hopefully you're using a great platform, but there's probably many of you that are going, boy, I wish we had something like that. Right. You know, so we strongly encourage you to look up Humaxa, evaluate it as an opportunity because, and I I tell you, your employees will thank you if and when you implement it correctly, if and when the system turns on, especially in a remote world Mm -hmm. where you're using tools like Slack and Teams to communicate People need the opportunity to be able to share openly, you know, and in this world that is hybrid, is remote, is, you know, a mixed workforce in terms of how people are reaching one another, sometimes working from home, sometimes working from the office, create a synergy, a system that follows your team Mm -hmm. to engage with them in many ways. So Carolyn, as we wrap up, what do you want to challenge the listener and how they're leading and how they can bring out the best of those that work with them tomorrow. So one thing I just wanted to highlight is this is in no way supposed to replace communication that happens between manager and employee or manager to manager or employee to employee. It's supposed to augment to make that easier and more focused so that managers and leaders know what to talk about and how to get ahead of any sort of workplace problem that could be brewing. Now, a small organization, you could perhaps make the argument that you could have a person who is in charge of just going around and talking to people and taking down what they need, what they want, and trying to take action. It's probably not as easy or scalable as having technology that can do it. And it's hard to be anonymous when 
Carolyn walks into your office and says, hey, how's it going? What kinds of things do you need to be able to perform the best you can on your job? Do you have all the training you need? Do you have all the resources you need? <laughs> uh, and I honestly have yet to really know of an organization that has like a dedicated person who goes around and, and talks to people to try to figure these things out. So without that, I mean, the other option, of course, is, you know, having some sort of surveys or poll surveys. And I mean, those are, I think, step in the right direction. As the world changes, everything becomes faster and people's expectations, people get more used to the idea at home. I can, you know, talk to my assistant and it will turn up the lights or turn on the air conditioning or the heat. Or I think as people get more and more accustomed to that idea, then people get more used to, oh, and what does that look like in the workforce? Oh, here is a way to talk anonymously how we could make this organization even better than it already is. And so no matter what of those choices someone takes, I encourage everyone to try to find ways to really have a good sense of what's going on and make that communication available 24-7. And so that nothing gets swept under the rug or forgotten. Because your people are simultaneously the most expensive and the most powerful and valuable thing an organization typically has. So yes. why not? Why not empower them to make things even better than they already are? Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for helping thank you. in the vision of unlocking human potential, helping organizations and team members and people accelerate in ways that you know many unfortunately think is unimaginable. Mm-hmm. Like you know the tools and technology that you have built and designed, um, the resources that are coming together to partner to provide our listeners to help you be most productive and impactful. There are tools and partners out there to help you do so. So again, thank you for being a part of this today, Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. And to those listening, we look forward to hearing from you. We hope this conversation has been helpful. We hope it has stirred something up. And I would love nothing more than for you to reach out and let us know one key takeaway. What are you going to implement? What are you going to do differently this afternoon, this morning, tomorrow? When we look forward to having you with us on our next episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. 
Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.